Thank you so much, Hector, Maria, for sharing the scripture. Gracias, Hector y Maria, por compartir la palabra. And thank you to all of you who have been so willing to, to read. If you want to do that, let us know, and we'll be coming to ask you as well. Si quieren a, a leer la palabra de Dios, déjenos saber, y estamos muy dispuestos a que, a que puedan participar. So, like you, uh, we have a washing machine at home, and that washing machine has this thing called the spin cycle. I'm sure you're familiar with it. La lavadora tiene un ciclo de giro. It's that, that time during the cleaning process where the machine, you know, begins to spin. It begins to rotate quite rapidly. La máquina empieza a rodar rápidamente. And, and the whole idea is that it's pushing the water out. It's, it's rinsing the water out. Está quitando el agua. Very important. Now, the thing about this spin cycle is once it gets going, it is really hard to stop. Es difícil parar este ciclo de giro. Uh, in fact, if you hit just the pause button on the machine, at least our machine at home, if you hit the pause button, it's going to take a minute or two for the spinning to stop. Si en todo caso el, el botón de pausa va a llevar un minuto para que pare. And in that time, you can't lift up the lid. It's locked. La, la tapa está con llave. No puedes levantar la tapa. In fact, if you try to do it even faster by just turning the machine off, si apagas la máquina, same thing's going to happen, at least with our machine. It'll just keep spinning, slowing down, and you can't lift up the lid until it completely stops. Uh, no puedes levantar la tapa hasta que pare 100%. Why? Why is that? Well, it's a safety feature. Es algo de seguridad. If some child were to come in and to lift up the lid while the machine is spinning and stick in their hand or stick in their arm, they could be injured quite severely. Si un niño levanta la tapa y mete el brazo, se puede lastimar. You've got to be careful with the spin cycle. The spin cycle has momentum to it, and, and that momentum can be very dangerous. El ciclo de giro tiene un momentum que es muy peligroso. Well, I talk about that this morning because today I would like to look at Judges chapter 2 and here we find in the Bible another kind of spin cycle. Vemos un ciclo de giro en Jueces 2. It's a, what you might call a downward spin cycle. Es un ciclo descendente. In fact, this is important because the consensus of, of those who study this book is that this spin cycle that's seen in the book of Judges is really key. It's key to understanding the message of the entire book. El ciclo de giro descendente de jueces es clave para entender el mensaje de este libro. And today we're beginning a new series of messages. And we're calling it, Here Come the Judges. Hoy comenzamos una serie, Aquí vienen los jueces. And in this series, through the summertime, what I'm hoping that we can do is that we can explore for a few weeks this little explored part of God's Word. Queremos explorar esta parte de la palabra que no es muy explorada. And by looking at this, I hope that we can, we can read its ancient message and really see out of this ancient message a very relevant and timely message for our lives today. En este mensaje antiguo hay algo relevante para nosotros hoy. And so we dive in, and in order to understand the, the context or the, the whole setting of the book of Judges, I think we can go to the verse before the one I've just read in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. And those diez vemos lo que es el contexto de jueces. And this is what it says. 
It says, after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. También murió toda aquella generación y surgió otra que no conocía al Señor ni sabía lo que él había hecho por Israel. So, what's this about? The, the book of Judges begins with Joshua, the leader of Israel, and Caleb, another leader, coming into the promised land with the people of Israel, and they begin to conquer the promised land. Josué y Caleb y otros empiezan a conquistar la tierra prometida. They cross over the river Jordan, and they follow God's command. And God's command was to kick out all of the Canaanites, the, the godless people that were living in that land. Dios les mandó de expulsar a los cananeos impíos que estaban en esa tierra. And for the most part, they do that. The, the first chapter or two of Judges talks about some of the victories they have. There are a number of victories, a, a number of, of times when they are successful, tienen éxito, tienen victorias. However, that success is incomplete. They do not completely do what God asks of them. They, they do not get some of the peoples out of there. No expulsan a todos los cananeos. There are some Canaanites that are left in the land. And that's a problem. Because, you see, those Canaanites begin to influence the people of Israel. They begin to attract them and seduce them to worship some of their gods. Uh, the Baals and the Ashtoreths and the Asherahs, they're called. Los cananeos les seducen a adorar algunos de sus dioses. In fact, 2.10 tells us that after Joshua and Caleb and that entire great first generation dies out, there's another generation that comes up and they do not know God. And they don't remember what God has done for Israel by bringing them into the promised land. Cuando murió esa generación de Josué y Caleb, otra generación viene que no sabe nada del Señor, no conocen al Señor ni recuerdan lo que Él ha hecho. And here, here is where the downward spin cycle begins. We need to note that. Aquí comienza el ciclo de giro descendente. Let's look at Judges 2, verse 11. Jueces 2, 11. It says, Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And it says, They served the Baals. Esos israelitas hicieron lo que ofende al Señor y adoraron a los ídolos de Baal. And it says, They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. Abandonaron al Señor Dios de sus padres que los había sacado de Egipto y siguieron otros dioses de los pueblos que los rodeaban. And then it says that they also provoked the Lord to anger. Provocaron así la ira del Señor. Why? Because they worshipped the Baals and the Ashtoreths. Adoraron a los Baales y también a, a, a las imágenes de Astarte. These are the local fertility gods. These are the gods that are supposed to guarantee success with flocks and success with fields. Son los dioses de la prosperidad, del éxito con los rebaños y con las cosechas. And so the first stop on the downward spin cycle is that Israel falls into sin. Israel falls into idolatry because they forsake the Lord. Israel cae en pecado en idolatría porque ellos abandonan al Señor. And because they get into this sin of idol worship, 
Soon they experience the consequences of that sin. Después experimenta las consecuencias de esa rebelión. Look at verse 14. Versículo 14, it says, In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders who plundered them. Entonces el Señor se enfureció contra los israelitas y los entregó en manos a invasores que los saquearon. He sold them, it says, to their enemies all around. So because Israel falls into sin, God sends them back to slavery, where they were in Egypt before. Les envía Dios a la esclavitud. The second part of the downward spin cycle then is, is slavery. It says that they were invaded by raiders. Fueron invadidos por invasores. Not the Oakland raiders, mind you. These guys were worse than that. These were the nations all around them that were completely uh, uh, strong, in fact, Verse 15 says that God was on the side of the raiders. God was actually rooting for the raiders because he had told Israel, if you forsake me, I'll go on the other side and I'll attack you. Dice que Dios estaba en contra Israel y a favor de sus invasores. In fact, verse 15 says it gets to a point where they were in great distress. Israel's in distress. Llegaron a verse muy angustiados, dice en el 15. And that's where we come then to the next part of the downward cycle. It's verse 16, but versículo 16. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Entonces el Señor hizo surgir jueces o caudillos que los libraron del poder de esos invasores. So Israel gets to its lowest point and God steps in. God intervenes and here come the judges. Dios interviene y aquí vienen los jueces. Now, when we say judges, we need to understand that the book of Judges isn't uh, talking about what we might have in mind. You know, when we think of judges, we think of uh, guys in black robes with white wigs and a gavel sitting in a courtroom. That's not what this is talking about. Jueces no se refiere a hombres de túnica negra con un mazo, con peluca blanca. That's not at all. We're not talking about courtroom judges. What we're talking about here, the word judges here refers to uh, local leaders. These are tribal chieftains, son líderes locales, jefes tribales. These, these are regional uh, uh, governors, if you might want to say that. And they are mighty men that God then raises up in order to give relief to Israel from their enemies. Son hombres que Dios levanta para, para tener victoria sobre sus enemigos. In fact, verse 18 tells us what these judges are all about. Versículo 18. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. Cada vez que el Señor levantaba entre ellos un juez, estaba con él. Mientras ese caudillo juez vivía, los libraba del poder de sus enemigos, porque el Señor se compadía de ellos al oírlos gemir por causa de los que los oprimían. So get this picture. Israel gets to the bottom. They're in distress, and they begin to groan. Literally, they begin to cry out to God. Gimen en su angustia al Señor. Clamang, and, and God, it says, is compassionate. He relents. He, he listens to them. Dios se compadece a ellos. And how does he do that? By raising up a judge. 
He raises up a judge to save them, to deliver them. And so here comes the judge. He does his work, saves Israel, and they all go off riding into the sunset and live happily ever after. The end, right? Y así todo está bien, ¿verdad? Not exactly. No es así. Look at verse 19 with me. Judges 2, 19, versículo 19. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices. Pero cuando el juez moría, ellos volvían a corromperse aún más que sus antepasados, pues se iban tras otros dioses a los que servían y adoraban. So God delivers them raises up the judge and gives them victory, and as soon as things get good, Israel goes back to the same thing, to sin and idolatry only worse, and the downward spin cycle begins all over again. Israel, una vez que esté bien, tranquilo, vuelve al mismo ciclo de pecado y idolatría. And this is the pattern. This is the repeating pattern that we're going to see throughout the book of Judges. Sin, which leads to slavery, which leads to distress, which leads to crying out to God, which leads to God raising up a judge, which leads to God saving the people, which leads to peace, which leads to complacency, which leads to sin all over again. Pecado, esclavitud, lleva angustia, aclamar a Dios, un juez y luego salvación, después complacencia y lo mismo. And so this is the pattern. And in fact, we see this very pattern in the story, the classic story of the very first judge. And I want to look at that with you. Vamos a ver esto en, en el, el, el patrón en la primera historia del primer juez. It's in Judges chapter 3. Verse 7. Let's see if we can track the cycle here. Vamos a ver si podemos ver el ciclo. It says in verse 7, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Los israelitas hicieron lo que ofende al Señor, se olvidaron del Señor su Dios y adoraron a las imágenes de Baal y de Aserah. So there's the first part, right? They fall into sin. They fall into idolatry. Caen en, en, en pecado y idolatría. Verse Eight, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them, that's a slavery term, into the hands of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Aram Naharaim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. El Señor se enfureció contra Israel a tal grado que los vendió a Cushan Rishathaim, rey de Aram Naharaim, a quien estuvieron esclavizados, sometidos durante ocho años. What's that? Obviously, that's slavery. They're sold to this guy, say his name five times fast, Kushan Rishathaim, that's his name, and, and they're slaves. Son esclavos de Kushan Rishathaim. And then verse 9, But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. Pero clamaron al Señor y él hizo que surgiera un libertador, Otoniel, hijo de Kenas, hermano menor de Caleb. Y Otoniel liberó a los israelitas. So again, they get to the bottom, cry out to God, help God, and he sends a judge. Here comes the judge. Claman a Dios y aquí viene un juez. It's Othniel. And Othniel is really interesting because his older brother is Caleb 
who was a leader from that first great generation. Su hermano mayor es Caleb de la primera gran generación. And Othniel saves them. Let's look at verse 10 then. It says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. And the Lord gave Cushan, Rishathaim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Othniel, and Othniel se convirtió in juez or cadillo, and salió la guerra. El Señor entregó a Cushan, Rishathaim, rey de Aram, en manos de Othniel. So here's something interesting that we're going to want to keep. Uh, uh, our eyes on, and that is that it says the Spirit of God came on the judge. The Holy Spirit came upon the judge. The Spirit of God comes upon the judges so that it's evident that what they're doing in delivering Israel is not just through human power, it's God's power working through them. El Espíritu Santo viene sobre el juez para que el poder de Dios se manifieste en su victoria. And what's the result of that? ¿Cuál es el resultado? Verse 11. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kinez, died. El país tuvo paz durante 40 años hasta que murió Otoniel, hijo de Kenaz. So the Holy Spirit is on Othniel and the Holy Spirit is on the people of Israel. But get this, it's only for a season. It's only for a time. El Espíritu Santo está sobre ellos solo un tiempo. The land has peace for 40 years, 40 años de paz. Order, stability, tranquility, but it's not forever. No es un paz duradera. It doesn't last. And as we're going to see next week, actually, when we get into our second judge, as soon as Othniel, the first judge, dies, guess what? Israel's right back into the same old downward spin cycle. Otra vez, Israel cae en el mismo ciclo descendente. Sin, and then slavery, and then crying out to God, and then a judge comes along, and then there's victory and peace, and then there's complacency, only to start it all over again. Pecado, esclavitud, clamando a Dios, victoria, paz, y después complacencia. Now here's the question I want to ask you. Does that cycle remind you of anything? Is that story that we're looking at here familiar to you in any way? Es familiar esa historia? I have to say that after nearly 30 years now in pastoral ministry, uh, this is a story that I not only read in the book of Judges, but it's a story that I've seen. I've seen this story repeated in the lives of people over the years. He visto este patrón en la vida de las personas durante mi, mi tiempo de ministerio pastoral. And sadly enough, this has become for some the pattern of their walk with God. Para algunos es su patrón de caminar con Dios. Perhaps you've seen it too. Perhaps you've been a part of it. Maybe you've experienced it for yourself. Have you seen it in others? Someone comes to faith in Jesus. Praise God. Alguien llega a fe Jesús. And for a while, things are going pretty good. Life is stable. There's peace. But then, this person gets distracted. Uh, they get attracted to the fertility gods of the world. 
the prosperity gods, the pleasure gods. Se atraen a los dioses de fertilidad y de placer. They fall into sin. They fall into immorality. Caen a la inmoralidad. And inevitably that leads them into slavery. Están esclavizados. Addiction. Broken relationships. Debt. Problems at work. Problems with the law, adicción, relaciones rotas, deudas, problemas con el trabajo, la ley. And what does that do? That leads them to fall down to the bottom and then they cry out to God, God, help me, God, get me out of this fix. Claman a Dios and God shows up. God shows up. Dios llega y comparece. And when God shows up, then they show up. They show up to church. They show up to Bible study. They show up to Wednesday night. They show up with God's people. And they're loud. And they're proud. And they're fervent. And they're on fire for God. Están fervientes en su testimonio para Dios. They're on fire until they're not. And then once things kind of calm down and get... Easy again, they fall into complacency and they disappear. Después se desaparecen and the whole downward spin cycle begins all over again. It's something I've seen. Perhaps it's something you've experienced. A lo mejor has experimentado esto. And it might even cause you to ask the question, is this the way it's supposed to be? Is this the way that God intended for us to live? Is this really the best that we can hope uh, for to go on this endless roller coaster with God? Es lo mejor que podemos esperar. Es lo que Dios quiso por nosotros. And I want to say with every fiber of my being, absolutely not. No tiene que ser así. In fact, I think that the book of Judges is actually written to show us that that doesn't have to be the case. The book of Judges is, is showing us the results of what happens when we try to manage and to control our relationship with God. When we are in charge, cuando intentamos controlar la relación con Dios, es lo que los jueces nos muestran. The book of Judges really shows us that we need something more than God to come in and help us with our agenda. We need something more than to see God as like a fire alarm, break in case of fire, or like the ripcord on your parachute, pull that in case of emergency. Dios no es un Dios solo de las urgencias. God's not simply a God of our emergencies. We need more than help from God with our little agenda. We need God. We need God himself and we need God's agenda. Ocupamos a Dios y la agenda de Dios. So the solution is really, I think, found for us in the New Testament. And I want to read a scripture and unpack it for you because I think it really points to where we can go in this downward spin cycle. It's from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 through 9, Hebreos 5, 7 al 9. This is what it says. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. 
And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. En los días de su vida mortal, Jesús ofreció oraciones y súplicas con fuerte clamor y lágrimas al que podía salvarlo de la muerte y fue escuchado por su reverente sumisión. Aunque era hijo, mediante el sufrimiento aprendió a obedecer y consumada su perfección llegó a ser autor de salvación eterna para todos los que le obedecen. Now, like I said, I want to unpack this. What is this saying? ¿Qué dice? It's saying that when Jesus, the Son of God, came down to earth, cuando llegó Jesús a la tierra, he came into our world, he came into our sinful condition, llegó a nuestra condición pecaminosa, but he did not enter our downward spin cycle. He didn't get caught up in that. No se atrapó en el ciclo descendente de pecado. Where people on earth here were sinning and, and forsaking God and, and, and going away from God, donde la gente uh, uh, abandonaba a Dios, Jesus always remembered his father's will. He always obeyed his father. He always honored his father. He always did what was right. Jesús siempre obedecía a su padre, hacía lo bueno. Where people were stuck in slavery to their sin, Jesus wasn't stuck. He actually was setting people free. He was setting people out of slavery. Jesús estaba expulsando a los que estaban en, en esclavitud, es decir, librándolos. He was casting out demons and healing sick people, and, and he was confronting false teachers with their false teachings and those things that were holding people down. Expulsaba demonios, sanaba enfermos, y, y, y se oponía a los que tenían falsas enseñanzas, que oprimía. Where people were crying out to God in their distress and saying, save us, God, help us. Jesus, it says here, also cried out with prayers and tears and loud cries to God. La gente clamaba a Dios buscando salvación. Jesús también clamaba con oraciones y lágrimas. But Jesus wasn't crying out to be saved from death. He was crying out that he might go to death. For us, estaba clamando para ir a la muerte, no para ser salvo de la muerte. He cried out to the one, it says, who could save him from death. But he didn't cry out to be saved from death. He cried out and said, your will be done, Father. That's what he cried out. And it says he was heard because of his reverent submission. Clamaba, hágase tu voluntad, Padre. Fue escuchado por su reverente sumisión. And once this work of obedience was complete, once it was perfected, he rose again from the dead. And it says now, he is the eternal source of salvation for those who obey and follow him. Una vez consumada su obra, en su muerte en la cruz, resucitó y ahora es autor de salvación eterna para los que le obedecen. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is now the one who saves us from the downward spin cycle, but not just temporarily. So we fall into it again. He saves us from it eternally. Él nos salva del ciclo descendente eternamente. So you see, escaping the, the downward spin cycle of sin and slavery is possible not by trying harder to be better. That's just not going to work. No escapamos al ciclo descendente intentando ser mejores. Escape is possible by getting connected to Jesus. 
the one who breaks the cycle by his death, by his resurrection, by his perfect obedience to our Father. El escape es por Jesús quien murió y resucitó para quebrar el ciclo descendente. So, here's the deal. The story of faithless Israel in the book of Judges, it really, in an odd way, points us to the story of Jesus, the faithful judge. Jesus is the faithful judge on whom the Spirit of God has come forever, not just for a season. And he is the one who will save us. Jesús es el juez fiel sobre el cual el Espíritu Santo está con él y él nos salva para siempre. That's the good news. And that's what I hope we'll see as we go through this series. Son las buenas noticias. So I want to ask you this morning, where are you? ¿Dónde estás? Are you in a downward cycle? ¿Estás en el ciclo descendente? Are you finding that your life is kind of a circle? You're going from guilt to seeking God for a while, and then finding relief, and then getting complacent, and then falling back into guilt again. Estás en culpabilidad, buscando a Dios, encontrando alivio, andando en complacencia para volver a la culpabilidad. If that is the pattern of your life and the pattern of your walk with God, I have good news for you, for all of us. We can cry out to God. Podemos clamar a Dios, and God will have compassion on us. Cry out to God, clamming a Dios, but not like Israel did. Israel just cried out to God to get out of a fix. They just wanted relief. Israel solo buscaba alivio. Cry out to God for something deeper. Cry out to God for lasting, total transformation. Cry out to God for God himself. And here's the thing, he supplied the answer to our prayer in Jesus. Clama a Dios buscando transformación total y buscando a Dios mismo en la persona de Jesús. You see, we don't have to live in the cycle. We can live in a different way. In fact, the Christian life is not a circle. Christian life is a line. It's a road that goes forward. La vida cristiana es un camino que va hacia adelante. In fact, it's a road that comes, that takes us out of slavery, out of Egypt. It's an exodus, and it's a road that's going into the promised land. Es un camino hacia la tierra prometida. And the road to the promised land is not just a set of steps. It's a person. The road is Jesus. El camino es Jesús. Jesus is our escape from the downward cycle. Jesús es nuestro escape del ciclo descendente. And so I want to invite you right now to pray with me. Let's call out to him for our help. Vamos a buscar y clamar a él. Let's pray. Oremos. Lord Jesus, I pray that this word here from the book of Judges will, will help us all to evaluate the kind of trajectory our lives are taking. Que podamos evaluar la trayectoria de nuestra vida a raíz de esta palabra, Señor. I want to pray for those that feel like they're stuck in a merry-go-round of failure and 
and frustration, God. I believe with all my heart that's not your intention for anyone. You want to give life and give it abundantly. Señor, yo pido por los que están en ese ciclo vicioso de, de frustración y de problemas. Lord Jesus, we do cry out for you to touch us. We cry out to you for our land. We cry out to you for our neighborhoods. We cry out to you uh, for those who are suffering. We cry out to you for a total transformation of our hearts and lives, but a transformation of everything around us, because what we're crying out for is for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Clamamos para que tú puedas traer una transformación a nuestro corazón y a todo el mundo que venga tu reino y se haga tu voluntad. And so, Lord, this week, I pray that we can walk on that road to victory, understanding that you are the road, Jesus. Teach us. Teach us to live in a different way, not to act out the same old drama of spiritual failure. Que no actuemos según un drama de fracaso espiritual. Help us to live that abundant life. Jesus, you are the way to that life. You are the truth. You are that life. Jesús, tú eres ese camino, esa verdad y esa vida que buscamos. We thank you for who you are. All honor and glory be to you. In Jesus' name, en el nombre del Señor Jesús, lo pedimos. Amén.